We have been in a series uh, called Vital Signs and looking at the vital signs for a church and uh, what it is that uh, we say is, uh, would be true of a healthy church. And our passage we have been basing it off of has been Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. And I'm going to start there today. Um, but, I, but I think we ought to just take a few minutes to, to recap where we are and what we've done. Week one, Pastor Chris opened us up and kind of introduced it, kind of told us what those vital signs are and kind of gave us a, a, a groundwork for that. And, and then even I think he asked the question, are these things part of our church? And, uh, and I think that's a legitimate question. Week two, Pastor Matthew spoke, and he spoke on the importance of sound doctrinal teaching. And it's important that you're in a church and connected to a church that is teaching from the Bible and teaching sound doctrine. And, uh, and, and I, I just, just a, just a side note as we, we hit that topic just briefly, uh, I'm thankful here at Faith Baptist Church that not only do we sit under Pastor Chris's uh, teaching on a weekly basis, uh, and, and that is true, but we're fortunate to have many men and women who are gifted in teaching and are teaching faith training and are teaching uh, life groups uh, and, and getting that sound doctrinal teaching available to us. And then last week, Pastor Scott spoke uh, on the importance of community. Community is a critical component. He said, community is a critical component of our journey together in faith. And it's the outward demonstration of the truth that God has planted in our hearts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear the dad hat for just a second. Okay, I, I like to change hats and I wear many hats, it seems like, way more than I, I'd like to at times. Uh, but this past week, uh, our teenagers went to Daytona and, uh, uh, and was at Passion Camp. And I had two boys that, that got to go. And uh, uh, I'm thankful that the reality is, is, is sound doctrinal teaching and community was accomplished even in that fact and what they did. Nothing pleased me more than... Two things. One, well, two boys. One, I finally sent a text to on Thursday and said, are you alive? Haven't heard from you this week. Just want to make sure you're still, you're still kicking. But the other one, he called me on uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, and he didn't want to talk about the games they were playing. He wanted to talk about what the pastor had mentioned on Monday night and the message of the pastor. And then when we got him in the car on Friday, uh, uh, on the way home, and it's the pre-Friday home, I said, well, tell me about your week. And it wasn't about the squad wars, and it wasn't about the time in the pool, and it wasn't about, but they were anxious to tell me, I think they knew which way I would go with this anyways, because they've had me enough to know that, been around me enough, but they were anxious to tell me what they had learned through God's word and through the pastors and the message time there. So I'm, thank you, Pastor Scott, for taking the teenagers and and doing that, and, and as a dad, I just want to say thank you for that. And I just want to encourage you as parents, if you had a teenager go, if you haven't had the conversation, what did you learn this week? I'd encourage you to, 
to, to ask that question. What did you learn this week? What did you gain, knowledge did you learn and gain? And how did you grow in your walk this past week? And then the third one is prayer. And so in Acts chapter 22, let's read these verses one more time. In verse 41, it says, So those who accepted his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were added to them. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Then fear came over everyone, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from the house to house. They ate their food with a joyful, humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. And our main context comes from verse 42. And they devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Pastor Matthew and Pastor Scott both decided to look into the Greek words. So I feel like I needed to look into Greek words. Now you need to understand something. When I was in Bible college, I changed my major because of Greek class. I was going towards a certain degree and I had a semester of Greek and it was just killing me. And I was struggling and struggling. I struggle with English. Don't make me have to learn a language that's really not spoken anymore. So <laughs> I have enough trouble with English. But I opened up a book this week that to, 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 uh, to be honest with you, I haven't probably opened up my Strong's Concordance in probably five to eight years. Just haven't had the need. So I opened up Strong's this week because I said, I got to use a Greek word someplace just to, just to measure up to the two that came before me. And so, in, and, and I wanted to see just what, when they say the word prayers there, what is the Greek word for that? And what's, the, what's that mean? And, and, and did, was there anything we could learn from that? And, uh, and so the Greek word in Acts 2.42, and if I say this wrong, those of you who are Greek experts, just ignore me because no one else will know the difference. Prosh UK. Is that pretty close? Prosh UK. It's defined, according to Strong's, as to pray earnestly. And by implication in this passage, as a church or a group setting. Even the idea of Strong's even had the word worship with this word. And I thought that was kind of interesting because, yes, there is a time and it's important to go into our prayer closets and have our individual times of prayer. And we need to be doing that. But I think the thrust of this passage is more about them praying collectively as a group and how that looked and what that turned out to be like as opposed to the individual prayer times. So we need to remember that as we look at this and as we think about that uh, with it. Um, and then in our life group, a few weeks ago, we went through the uh, crazy love with uh, Francis Chan. And uh, you, you want to talk about being challenged in your walk and and are you doing what you need to be doing? And, 
and, and where are you with that on a personal level? I, that he, he has a way of doing that, especially in that study there. Uh, but we went to James chapter 5 in that passage. So we're going we're to flip over and spend a few minutes in James chapter 5 this morning also as we talk specifically about prayer. And we're going to use this as an example. We're going to look at some other verses too. But James chapter 5 and verses 13 through 19. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 19. And I'm I'm reading from the home, and that's what I typically use. It says, is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone cheerful? He should sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? He should call for the elders of the church, and they should pray over him after anointing him with olive oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of the faith will save the sick person, and the Lord will restore him to health. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The urgent request of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, yet he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced fruit. So the first thing, I, I, I've, I've just written down a series of questions. Uh, I like when I go into a passage, I like to ask questions and try to find the answers. And, and not that I'm very successful at that all the time, but I, I like to do that. And so as we're going to talk about prayer, I think the first question we need to answer is, what is prayer? I don't want to assume anything. You know, I, I, I think we too often assume too much uh, about things and, and people. And, and so I'd like to ask the question, what is prayer? Prayer is, is just talking to God. It, it's, it's nothing special. I guess it is special, but it's nothing. We make it into something bigger than it needs to be. And like we're intimidated about it. But it's just having a conversation. In our house, uh, we have... Well, my wife has set a rule. Let me word it that way. <laughs> my wife has set a rule in our house uh, for, our, for our marriage and for our family that we try hard, and it's not only me who doesn't allow this to happen. It's my fault. But we try hard to have 20 minutes of uninterrupted conversation a day. <laughs> I know, we're dreaming, but we try. Uh, and we just, just to talk and to talk about what's going on and to be on the same page and to... To have the conversation and nothing irritates her more and I'm getting better at it even though I'm not the best at it but nothing gets her more aggravated than to be doing this as I'm having a conversation with her and I wonder how often we're guilty of the same type of things in our prayer life with God. How often we put other, we, we, allow, we allow things of the world to keep us from having a time of uninterrupted time to talk to God. Not letting a cell phone, not letting, in fact, during that time period, if, if, if the boys holler at us, 
and so ask us a question. We normally say, we can't talk right now. Go back downstairs <laughs> to protect that time. And we need to be doing, I would argue, we need to be doing the same thing in our walk with God and our prayer time with God. We need that time in which we talk to him and we hear from him and we hear from him primarily through his word and listen and talk to him. So prayer is just, just talking to him. It's not some, doesn't need to be big and eloquent. I, I, I remember growing up, there were some guys in our church that when he prayed, uh, he, he, he made it so flamboyant and so, and he, he prayed in King James half the time. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, that type of person. And, and everybody assumed it meant he was more spiritual than everybody else type of things. And that's not at all, it could be true, or it could be. I don't, you know, we don't know. But the reality is, is it's, it, that's not what needed. God desires for us to talk to him and to commune with him. And, uh, it, and it's not about, it's not about, and too often we go to God with our shopping list and we need to do that at times. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But it's not about changing the will of God. It's more about aligning our will up with him. I think about, in particular, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And his prayer there was, not my will, but thine be done. Even, even if your will's going to be more painful and more difficult and more troublesome, I'd rather have your will than my will. And that's where true prayer should take us as we go through it. So prayer is just, just having a conversation with God. And then I thought, well, what should our prayer look like? What, 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 should, what should our prayer really look like? Um, one, of the, one of the things that I started years ago, and it's, not a, it's nothing more than just someone challenged me with this thought, most of my prayers, I begin with, I love you, Lord, or we love you, God. Because as much as I want to tell my wife and boys that, I want so much more to tell God that on a regular basis. So I think our prayer should begin or should have a, a time period of praising and thanking him. And do we not have a lot to praise and thank him for? You know, I, I, I've just wrote a few things down, and trust me, I will... I will miss some, without a doubt here, as I look at this list, uh, but he loves us. You know what? He loves us no matter what we do, or no matter what we've done, and even if we ever say yes to him, he can't love us any more than he already loves us. And I'm so thankful for that. We, uh, obviously he died for us. Uh, he's righteous, he's holy. He's loving, he's just. He's merciful. He's omniscient. Sometimes I don't wish he was that way all the time because that means he knows what I've done when I wished he didn't know what I did. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. But then in a real practical sense, I don't miss many meals. No comments. It's okay to laugh there, okay? Okay. 
I live in a nice house. I have a family that loves me. We have a great church family. We have friends. There's a lot that we can thank him for. And I think that should be part of our prayer time and praising him for who he is. And then next, there ought to be a a time of petition, a a time of asking him, uh, uh, this is where we, and, and, and one of my fears, doesn't that figure? One of my fears, I'm glad the lid was on it. <laughs> one of my fears is that too often we spend all our time here and not our time in other things. But there is a time of petition, a time of asking him and praying for those things that's going on. And, and I grabbed... I grabbed our, in verse 13 of James chapter 5, he literally says, is there anyone among you suffering he should pray? So asking for these things is very biblical. But I grabbed, I grabbed the prayer guide from Wednesday night. And I marked a few prayer requests. One is Manuel Arvon. I believe he is home. I think I saw a picture of that. But we need to be praying for him and the Arvon family. Um, Jeff Hinsdale we've been praying for him but we need to keep praying for him and the family Caleb Chamberlain this one's a little closer to my heart because he's a GBCS student but he's still recovering and we don't know all the, what it's going to mean for him and, and, and praying for him and his family it's good to see Jerry Looney here but he had a heart cath this week I think it was Wednesday, wasn't it? Wednesday. We praying for him. Pastor Minson, Jennifer Tony's father, who passed away. Those are some of the, the, the more recent prayer requests. Then I flip over to the back. Ongoing special needs. We see Brian's safe house and sparrow's nest here every week. I hope we're praying for them and the ministry they're doing on a regular basis. Jim and Kathy Fritz have been part of this group for many, many years. And they're moving. And, uh, and I think 1st of July, they will be gone by that time period. I believe I'm accurate with that statement. Am I right with that statement? Eh. Something like that. But we need to be praying for their move. And and since I mentioned their name, I'm thankful for Jim and Kathy. Most of you may not realize this, but every Sunday, they work downstairs with the first through third graders in children's church. I'm thankful for Jim and Kathy Fritz and the work that they do down there on a regular basis. And them leaving is going to leave a big hole. And we need some people to step up and to help. I'm not looking for someone to spend every week down there as uh, in charge of church ed. But we'd like to find some families. There's an an announcement in the bulletin about that. So I just encourage you, maybe that'd be something you could do, help out with. Tell you what I'd like to do. I'd like to just hit pause button. 
I'd like to take just a moment to pray for some of these requests as a church family. I'll lead us, but I'd encourage you in your heart not to sit there quietly and just listen to what I have to say, but to pray also for some of these requests. Lord, as we talk about prayer and the importance of prayer, Lord, we do want to praise your name. We want to thank you for who you are. We do want to say that we love you. But Lord, we want to take a couple of moments here to mention a few requests to you. Lord, I, I thank you for the, the Hinsdales and, and their faithfulness to you. Lord, I ask you that you be a real comfort to Jeff at this time. Not just Jeff, but the entire family. Just be with them. Lord, I thank you that uh, the open heart surgery for uh, Mr. Arvon, Manuel Arvon, has, has gone well. And that he's home. But Lord, there's a long recovery at this point. And I ask you that you'll be with him during this time. Lord, we thank you that Jerry was able to have the heart cath and have no major difficulties from that, from I've heard. I ask you that you continue to be with him and good to see him here this morning. Lord, I think of Caleb and, and, and the injury that he had. And Lord, I ask you that you'll be with him and help him in his recovery process, but also continue to be with the new normal for them and his mom and his dad and his brother and his sister and knowing how best to help him. And then, Lord, to lose a father suddenly, Lord, I ask you that you be with the Tony family. Comfort them at this time, Lord, as they go through this loss. Lord, I thank you for Brian's safe house and Sparrow's nest, Lord, and I thank you for the work that they do to, to, to be a real reach out to those who have needs. Lord, I ask you that you will help them. Help them financially, Lord. Take care of their needs financially. Give them wisdom and guidance in their day-to-day operations to know how to handle things and to do things in the best way possible. Continue to be with Leon as he leads that. Lord, I thank you for Jim and Kathy Fritz. Lord, I thank you for the work that they've done and their faithfulness to you and then also to Faith Baptist Church for many, many years. And Lord, as they transition to Pittsburgh, Lord, uh, your timing is perfect through that process and we know that. Lord, I ask you that you'll just give, be with them through that transition time. Give them wisdom and guidance. Lord, there's a number of people that we could also mention that has salvation needs, family members and friends. And Lord, I ask you that you'll help bring those to them so that they can come to a saving knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the other parts of prayer, as I look at just James chapter 5, verse, in verse 15, it says, the prayer of faith will save the sick person. 
prayer should also include confession. Heart right, where it needs to be. They end this passage that I read talking about Elijah. Remember the story of Elijah. He, he went and he, he, he said, it's not going to rain anymore. And then he disappeared and it quit raining. And three and a half years, it has not rained. And then he comes back and says, it will rain. And this passage says in verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Yet he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three and a half, three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again. What I want to catch, and if you're like me, I look at these, these biblical characters, whether we talk about Elijah or we talk about Daniel, we talk about Paul, we talk about any of these, these biblical characters. And, 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 and I have a tendency to put them up on a pedestal and think that there's something more special about them than me. But this verse tells us that Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. The only difference between them and me, probably, is that their prayers made sure they were in line with the will of God. And God did great things through them because of those things. We can do, we have the same ability. The key is, and if you, if you look back in Kings, very much God comes to him and says, go tell him it's not going to rain. His prayer was matching up with what God's will was. The results. And I have, I have a couple of results here. We should be praying for each other. I've heard this said many times. You can't be praying for somebody and stay mad at them. I say that again because that's key. You can't be praying for somebody and keep a grudge against them. I think it's important that we as a local body of believers be praying for each other. And one of the results is that a lot of the things that happens, and when you live in community, you live in my house of four, we get on each other's nerves occasionally. <laughs> okay? It's going to happen. Because we're human. But when we live in community, if we're praying for each other, it's really difficult to stay ticked off, to stay mad at the person you're praying for. So one of the results of praying as we pray for each other and pray for each other's needs is, is you, just can't, you can't stay mad at each other. And then in Acts chapter 2, that passage is talking about praying together. Uh, you also... You also can't stay mad at each other if you're praying together. Uh, There's something about praying together that draws you together. On Wednesday nights, when we come in here on Wednesday nights for our Wednesday night time, 
we meet in here collectively as a group, and we pray together for the requests for the church and those things that's going on at the church. And I, and I think prayer is prayer is an act of worship. We we pray as part of our Sunday morning service. So my question is, are you doing that? Are you praying for each other? And do you, do you find time to get with others within the church, family, and pray? I believe that's what God desires. Um, we've heard this statement before, families that pray together will stay together. It's amazing. Deborah and I have less problems when we take time praying together than we have when we don't pray together. It's got to be true even as a, as a church family also. And by the way, husbands, dads, that's your responsibility more than mom's responsibility. Lead your family. That's another message. So in conclusion, our vital signs for a healthy church is sound doctrinal check teaching. And I would say check. That's available here. Living in community. Check. That's available here. Times to pray together and pray for each other. The opportunity's there. Last week, Pastor Scott said something to the nature, and I didn't write it down, so I won't quote him exactly. But these really begin as individuals more than they begin as a church. And if you're not doing it individually, you're probably not going to do it as a church. So let me ask you this question. Are we studying God's word for yourself? Are you living in community? Are you involved in a life group? Are you involved in faith training? Are you, are you praying for each other? Are you praying together? We have spent this week, we spent this week, this month, more than a week, we spent this month doing a series on vital signs. And uh, Pastor Chris led it off and, and he asked the three of us to take a different topic each week and speak on it. And it wasn't because Pastor Chris needed a break from preaching. Really, the goal was to show that we're united and wanting to see that in our church as a staff and desiring for you to be united with us as we go along this road. It's not just to give him a break. Uh, Acts 2.47 says, They were praising God and having favor with all people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. The end result of a healthy church, of vital signs being well at a church, should be that we're reaching into our community and seeing others come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and their faith grow. That's what needs to be happening. A healthy, vital church is doing just that, reaching into a community and seeing others come to a saving knowledge of Christ and then grow in their faith. Everything we do here at church should be pointing to that in some form or fashion. I end with just a quick question. Is it? Let's pray. Lord, we, we've looked at a healthy church and what it means to be a healthy church.
Lord, I just ask you that you will challenge me and challenge those that have been a part of this series to ask the question, are they doing their part to be part of the healthy church? Lord, our desire is to see others ultimately come to know you as their Savior. Lord, I ask you that you'll help that be a reality in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.